Hello, and welcome to Unsheet with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hi, welcome to Unsheathed Presents number four. I am Trixie Kyle Gold. <laughs> I am highly confused, Cam Hirosaki. And uh, we have a little surprise for our co-host tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> um, we're going to be reading a story which in which he has some lines, but he has not seen it yet. Oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but I think he'll be able to put a lot of feeling into his first line. Oh my god. <laughs> For the people at home, you have no idea what it is that's going on right now, but it's really weird. And uh, ah. I, I'm just hoping I can maintain my composure enough to uh, read the both. narration part. <laughs> oh, if you think you hate us now, just wait a little while. Just wait about half an hour. Oh, no. <laughs> Alright, we're calm. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> no, don't be nervous. We're going to have some fun with this. Um, so this is a story tentatively titled <laughs> Man of Squeal by Kyle Gold. <laughs> and we're going to be prompting Kam Hirosaki with his lines as we go through the story. Okay. <laughs> As always with my stories, there is descriptions of explicit sexual conduct, so uh, use your discretion while listening. Kam Hirosaki stared into his bedroom from the doorway, then looked at the grinning pantsless fox on the couch in the living room. You son of a bitch, he said. He should have known something was up that evening from the moment his friend and fellow writer Kyle had rescheduled their weekly dinner and writing session to his home. Kit wants to cook, he'd said, and Hirosaki, familiar with the wolf's talents in the kitchen, had readily accepted. There'd been raw oysters, which Kit proudly announced had come from the market up in the city that day. Hirosaki ended up eating the bulk of them, apologizing twice, but Kit said he'd gotten them mostly for the otter anyway. He tried too, while Kyle refused, saying he'd tried enough oysters for his lifetime. The meal had been superb, a baked halibut with a light apricot sauce and steamed green beans, and after there had been strawberries and cream, and Hirosaki did notice then that there seemed to be something indulgent, perhaps, about the way Kyle and Kit were eating their strawberries. The fox, particularly, had a drop of cream on his chin and another dangling from the tip of his whiskers for quite a while, until Hirosaki said playfully, Uh, you've, uh, got a little, uh... Kyle curled his tongue around his muzzle, licking up the stray drops, and Hirosaki didn't say anything, but the tongue and oysters were combining to form a nice warmth just below his stomach. Good, he thought. Be easier to write if I'm a bit worked up. After Kit cleared the plates, the fox and otter sat down to write. Hirosaki had barely opened his document when Kyle, tapping the side of his muzzle, looked up. How many different noises can someone make when getting mounted? Hirosaki frowned. Um, panting, moaning, groaning... Uh-huh, the fox brushed his whiskers back. 
gasping, growling, yelping. Hirosaki shifted in his seat. Whining, whimpering, straining. Kyle looked at him. Squeaking? The otter blinked. Uh, yeah, sure. Hmm. Kyle looked down. That helps. Thanks. He bent back to his keyboard. Hirosaki went back to his as well, his tail tingling a little bit. The scene he was writing grew a little more vivid in his mind, though there was no mounting it anywhere, just a little blowjob. Nevertheless, he was getting into it as he was writing, enough that he had to take a break from it to check his Twitter feed. And of course, Kit chose that moment to toss a picture CD into the game console. Check out this new art CD we picked up, he said. The screen was right in front of Hirosaki. He looked up to see a nicely done picture of two male wolves sucking each other off. Nice, he said. The next one was an otter getting mounted by a grinning raccoon. Hirosaki tried to focus on his story, but the flicker of the image kept changing kept pulling him up to look at the screen. And every picture was erotic, all of them male-male, with shapely figures of all species whose only common trait seemed to be their prominent erections and their insistence on putting those erections into the paws or muzzles or tail holes of their companions. He sighed, trying to focus on his story. But then Kit said, We got a commission from the artist, too. You want to see it? Uh, you know, not right now. Normally, he didn't mind seeing the artistic renderings of the wolf and fox, but tonight he felt it would be just a little too much. Maybe you could call up Rikoshi, have him come in to look at it for you, Kyle said without looking up. Hirosaki tried to hide his grin. Ever since sending the little fox to burst in on Kit and Kyle, he'd been waiting for Kyle to get back at him. But weeks and then months had gone by without any kind of payback. Now his whiskers perked, alerting him to the possibility that something was coming. I'm sure he'd drop whatever he's doing. You want me to? Don't you mean whoever? Oh, come on, he's not that... Okay, well, maybe. Hirosaki felt warm in his chest now. Knowing his little stunt still stuck with Kyle made him want to giggle out loud. He behaved himself, though. Barely, Kyle snorted. And you weren't there, anyway. You only know what he told you. That was the idea. Hirosaki made a pretense of typing out a few words, before being distracted by a particularly nice picture of a snow leopard getting a blowjob from an otter. He adjusted his pants, which had gotten tighter in the last few seconds. Uh-huh. Kyle, too, bent back to his laptop. But though he was facing away from the screen, towards Hirosaki, and there was less distraction for him, he raised his head again after only a few more moments. Emasculating squeaks, he said. Really? The picture of the otter and snow leopard wasn't going away. Hirosaki tore his eyes from it to look at his friend. What? I've spent all this time trying to stop people thinking that just because a guy takes a wolf up his rear... The fox paused. Hirosaki's struggle to maintain composure must have been visible. A nice hard wolf sliding up inside him. I get it. The otter shifted in his seat again, looking away from Kyle meant looking up at the snow leopard's long erection with the otter's lips around it. For a moment, he could have sworn the otter had glasses, but when he blinked, they were gone. Kyle grinned a long grin. That doesn't mean he's less of a man, or fox, or otter. His nostrils twitched. I wasn't trying to make a grand statement on the politics of sexual positions. Hirosaki looked back at his story. The words clustered on the page without any semblance of order. He shook his head. But you did. I mean, you were buying into this whole image of the bottom being less masculine. 
You think it's more masculine to be mounted? Kyle glanced at Kit, whose ears were swept back toward the conversation, though he pretended to be absorbed in his audio software. I wouldn't say that, the fox said. I'd get in trouble. Kit snorted. But, Kyle went on, I don't think masculinity really enters into it. Hirosaki rolled his eyes. Fine, I'll strike the word emasculating from my vocabulary. Just think about it next time you have a cock in you somewhere. Kit cleared his throat. Hun, he said. Sorry. Kyle grinned, his ears flicking back. Hirosaki looked from the fox to the screen, where that otter was still sucking off the snow leopard. You know, he said, I was just teasing. Hmm, Kyle said. I wrote a whole book about it, you know. I haven't read it yet, Hirosaki said. Is that the last picture? He reached down to adjust his sheath, feeling himself already hard and partway out of it. Oh yeah, Kit turned around. Sorry. He tapped two buttons on the remote, and the slideshow started up again. Kyle was already typing. Hirosaki felt vaguely disappointed. He'd been looking forward, in a delightfully worried sort of way, to seeing what the fox's revenge was going to be, and it seemed that a semantic argument was the extent of it. For another twenty minutes, he did his best to write, but his erection wasn't going down, and his story was getting mired in details about the dingo's cock, the texture of his fur, and the slickness of his skin, and as much as the otter wanted to move on and write the rest of the story, his mind kept sliding back to sex. Which wouldn't have been a problem, except that he was getting far too much enjoyment out of writing it. A new scent reached his nostrils, sweet and musky. He looked up to see Kit shaking out a match. New candle, the wolf said, meeting his gaze. It's exotic Arabian, or something like that. Hmm, Kyle said absently. I like it. Me too, Hirosaki said. But the problem was that he liked it a little too much. The scent was exotic and spicy, yes, but also reminded him of a fox's musk. Maybe a desert fox, like a fennec or a Blanford's fox. He typed another paragraph and realized that his dingo had transformed into a fennec and that his paw was back at his sheath. He sighed and closed his laptop. I'm just really distracted tonight, he said, meeting Kyle's gaze. The fox nodded. Kit looked up. Sorry, he said. I thought the slideshow would be inspirational. It was, Hirosaki said. Too much. I'll see you guys in a couple of days? Sure, Kyle grinned. Have a good night. I think you're more likely to than I am, Hirosaki said, hefting his laptop bag over his shoulder, sniffing the candle again and looking at the picture on the screen, which was a gray wolf mounting a black fox, the latter on his back with his legs up in the air and his fluffy black tail waving next to the wolf's. The short walk to his apartment did nothing to calm his state of arousal. He'd been so proud of himself after sending Rikoshi in to watch the fox and wolf, and the little fox's report had been everything he'd hoped and more. Kyle had pretended to be annoyed at the intrusion, but he'd talked about it so much that Hirosaki was fairly sure the fox hadn't minded nearly as much as he let on. Kit, too, stayed quiet enough about it that Hirosaki had spent quite a while patting himself on the back for having thought up that little trick. Tonight was the first time Kyle had brought up the whole emasculating thing, and it would have to be at a time and in a context where all it did was make Hirosaki hot and flustered. He bit his lip, walking into his building, his steps hurrying as he got up to the second floor and nearer his door. Taking out his phone with his keys, he flipped through his photo album for some of his porn, then put it away again. The images were still strong in his mind, especially the snow leopard and otter. He didn't think he'd need the phone.
Inside, door closed behind him, he tossed his keys onto the kitchen counter. He paused long enough to grab a glass of water and then stepped out into his living room where he stopped dead. His bedroom was only three short steps away, but he couldn't move. The scent hit him a moment later. He breathed in the musky scent, almost reminiscent of Kit's candle, and stared at the little red fox sprawled playfully upside down on Hirosaki's couch. The silly grin on the fox's muzzle widened when he spotted the otter. He braced his paws against the wall, between Hirosaki's two Japanese lithographs, and angled his hips up and away from the back of the sofa. This had the no-doubt intended effect of making his fully exposed erection swing upward toward the ceiling. Hi there, the fox said with a coy wave of his paw. Welcome home. Hirosaki swallowed. He reached up to adjust his glasses. Is it surprise pantsless fox day and nobody told me? Oh gosh, the little fox said. I don't think so. I'm reasonably sure I'd know about such a day if it existed. In fact, I might just start one now that you mention it. He put a finger delicately to his whiskers. But no, and besides, I'm wearing pants. I might point out, Ricky, Hirosaki said, trying not to look at the fox's pants, that your pants are not exactly uh, up to scratch in the concealment department. He coughed. The fox giggled. Sometimes they're just too confining. You know what I mean. He eyed Hirosaki's groin. For a moment, the otter was sure Ricky could see the strain of his own erection through his pants. Then he realized Ricky could probably smell it, though how anyone could smell anything other than fox in the small living room escaped him. Canids and their long noses. That may be so, but how did you come to be feeling confined here in my living room? Hirosaki swallowed as Ricky put his paws to his shorts, pushing them down his thighs. Oh, jeez, Kyle put you up to this. And keep your pants on, would you? I've no intention of... of uh... Ricky paused, shorts at mid-thigh, with just the hint of a smirk in his expression. Doing me? He gave his hips a little arch as he said that, belying his innocent tone with another bounce of his, Hirosaki had to admit, nicely-sized cock. The fox's large, fluffy tail flicked along the back of the couch, and then Ricky settled his hips down. Don't worry, he said, getting his shorts the rest of the way off and kicking them to the floor. I'm not waiting for you. The otter's own shaft was fairly throbbing inside his pants, aching for a couple different kinds of release. So this was Kyle's revenge. The oysters and strawberries and porn no longer seemed coincidental. Who are you waiting for, then? Whom did Kyle promise you a night with, and what did you promise to do to me in order to get it? Just tease me? So correct. Ricky giggled again, putting the tip of one finger in his muzzle. Well, I did try to hold out for a night with Helfer, but then Kyle pointed out the side benefit of his little idea. And I have to say, he's a pretty persuasive fox. He certainly got me worked up. Hirosaki sighed and eyed the bedroom. Will I like it? Silly, I wouldn't do it if I thought you wouldn't. Ricky's tail wagged quite enthusiastically. But, I mean, you should be prepared for the phrase panting otter slut to come up again. With some attempt at dignity, Hirosaki drew himself up. Even if it's a snow leopard, he said, even if it's a certain, certain fox, his words faltered. No, I'll enjoy myself, but... Oh, just go in. Ricky waved him on with a paw. 
The longer you wait, the longer I have to wait. It was clear from the drip at the tip of the fox's shaft just how worked up he was. Hiroshaki rolled his eyes. It wouldn't do you harm to wait once in a while, he muttered, taking the three steps to stand in his bedroom doorway. The green-shaded lamp on the side table, the only light in the room, appeared to be shining on a large mound of snow that had settled on the otter's low futon bed. A moment later, the snow shifted, and two bright dots appeared in it, flashing with the light's reflection before turning to reveal themselves a deep, brilliant blue. Below the eyes, long black lips rose above what was now obviously an arm and curled into a smile. Atop the head, two small triangular ears showed against the dark wall and the framed picture of the naked lounging snow leopard. As the wolf's head rose further, Hirosaki saw that it was nearly as large as his chest. He'd thought initially that the wolf was covered in some kind of thick blanket, but now he could see the curl of the tail, and he realized that the entire surface was the curve and flow of the wolf's body, his, for the scent left no doubt that he was male, even if he was lying on his stomach, shapely rear, tree-trunk-like legs, and elegantly curved back. Hirosaki's futon creaked as the wolf adjusted his weight, propping himself on his elbows. The long, white tail wagged lazily. Evening, he said, stretching his legs so that his feet projected a good foot beyond the end of the bed. He was no less than seven feet tall, or long in his current orientation. Silver dog tags dangled from his neck, but nothing else broke the snow-white expanse of his fur. And that was when Hirosaki looked back at Ricky, who was grinning fit to burst. You son of a bitch, he said. Me or Kyle? Ricky's eyes sparkled. Technically, that would be me. The wolf's voice rumbled, a deep bass that made the otter's webbed toes quiver. Both of you. Hirosaki gestured to the wolf, still talking to Ricky. You can't just do this, no matter what Kyle says. He's my character, Ricky said. I can do it if I want. It's just crass. Hirosaki was trying to ignore his quickened pulse, the hardness in his pants as he stood between two naked, attractive canids. What, is he just gay for a night? Did you make up some kind of gay injection that lets your characters be attracted to, uh... Short little writer otters. Males? Now that is a delicious idea. Ricky pretended to ponder it. Why, the wolf said, would you think I'm not attracted to males? I love their tight little rears, their sweet muzzle, their nice, hard... He smiled, licking his lips. Bodies. I thought you had more integrity. Hirosaki shook his head at Ricky. I know you lusted after Boots, but to make him gay, just to... The wolf chuckled deeply. Ah, he said, my cousin Vasilis is very straight indeed. Hirosaki swallowed. He leaned against the doorframe. Your cousin? The wolf nodded, smiling. He rocked his massive body upward until he was sitting on the bed, and then Hirosaki got the visual confirmation of his maleness, the large, pink, clearly aroused evidence of his maleness. While he stared, the wolf swung himself off the bed. His ears nearly brushed the ceiling when he straightened to his full height. His erection was at Hirosaki's chest level. Very disappointing, he said. What's hotter than a couple cousins? Especially when we were both privates. Those uniforms. 
Two seven-foot-tall white wolves with sculpted muscle, ivory-white fur, exotic musk, and long shafts already showing the little swelling of a knot. You're not boots, Hirosaki said, the image short-circuiting his speech center somewhat. I am Alexei Berzovsky. Alexei? Hirosaki's voice sounded very faint. He knew he should look up at the wolf's muzzle, but he couldn't quite tear his gaze away from the flat white stomach and erection bobbing just below it. Hmm, the wolf gestured with a paw to something behind him. You can call me Heels. Oh, God, Hirosaki said. Gently, the wolf's paw reached out to Hirosaki's vest, lifting it away from him as if he were undressing a doll. He pulled the otter forward by his shirt, buttons popping off. Have a good time, Hirosaki heard Ricky giggle behind him. He kept enough presence of mind to swing the bedroom door shut as the white wolf pulled his shirt off and dropped it to the floor in a silk puddle. So, Hirosaki said, finding it harder to focus on words with the wolf's musk in his nose and the wolf's cock inches away. He looked up at the dog tags. You, uh, were in the army. Briefly. The wolf's paw stroked from Hirosaki's throat down to his stomach and back up his sleek chest. Vasilis and I enlisted together. He lasted longer than I did. We had the same distrust of authority, but mine was more flamboyant. Again, he gestured behind him, and now Hirosaki saw a pair of immense heeled boots, one standing, the other tipped on its side. I imagine, the otter said. His tail swished behind him. But why, why are you here? I'm, I, I can't believe you have trouble finding... The wolf's claws brushed his pants. His breath caught, the wolf scent overpowering. Companionship? I was told, Alexei, heels, said, one massive paw spread over most of the otter's chest, that you need a little lesson in masculinity. Uh, do, uh, do I? The long member in front of him was mesmerizing, even partially blocked by the wolf's thick forearm. He always knew Rikoshi could write porn if he put his mind to it. Like those soldiers, Heels had a deep, smooth voice, thinking you're a sissy for being gay. I don't think that, he wanted to say, but then he worried that if he did, the wolf would leave, as ridiculous as that thought was. Is it a hands-on lesson? Heels chuckled deep in his throat. You want to touch? He grasped one of Hirosaki's limp paws and brought it to his shaft, curling the webbed fingers around it. They couldn't quite close on the other side. Hirosaki blinked at the heat. He stroked his fingers along the long, warm shaft, the smell of wolf musk filling his nostrils. I don't know if I think this is okay. The large wolf laughed above him, the vibrations thrumming through Hirosaki's fingers. He gripped the large shaft more tightly, reflexively. Oh, darling, Heel said. I think you think it's just fine. I think you're not sure whether you want to think it's okay. He slid a massive paw down Hirosaki's tummy, making the otter step back with one leg to balance himself, and then, more quickly than Hirosaki would have thought possible, Heels had pushed the otter's pants down to his ankles. As he brought his paw back up, it cupped Hirosaki's groin, feeling the hardness inside his boxers, and then two fingers had slipped inside before the otter could do more than squeak a half-protest. You see... The wolf's massive form was hunched over the otter, fingers pulling Hirosaki's own shaft out, rubbing along either side of it. That's... Hirosaki gasped. 
That's a, a physical response. His own paw hadn't left the wolf's cock, but as he'd stepped back, his muzzle had dropped until it was nearly in line with the tip, where he could now see as well as smell a drizzle of clear fluid. He licked his lips. The wolf's paw was just as warm as his shaft. Yes, it is, Heel said, his clear blue eyes looking down as his fingers slid up and down Hirosaki's length. Hirosaki stepped out of his pants, and that motion took him nearer his bed, and then, as if they'd both already decided on it, he was sitting on the bed with heels leaning over him. The wolf's paws were flat against the wall, his body creating an arch under which Hirosaki sat, his paws stroking at the shaft which was just about perfectly in line with his muzzle. He was keenly aware of his own hardness, aching for release, but the temptation of the shaft in front of him was just a little too strong for him to insist on another position just yet. He didn't think the wolf would finish in his muzzle, after all, not after talking about lessons in masculinity. His tail twitched, curling to support him as he leaned forward. The only thing stopping him from leaning further forward, from taking the wolf into his muzzle, was that he was pretty sure he couldn't get his mouth all the way around it without at least grazing the skin with his teeth. Heels apparently had no such worries. The large wolf pushed his hips forward in response to one stroke, surprising the otter first with the pressure against his lips, then with the warmth on his tongue. As he opened his muzzle and took in the wolf's tip, Heels' breathing grew harsher above him. Hirosaki slid his paws down the shaft, holding it still. Nevertheless, his teeth grazed the skin. The wolf didn't seem to mind. Or at least he didn't complain. He was very good about not pushing, even when his legs trembled with the effort of holding his position. Hirosaki worked his mouth down slowly, getting about half of the cock in before feeling he'd reached his limit. The wolf's musk was all in his nose and muzzle now, mixed with the smell of his own saliva. He kept pressing his wide tongue up against the hard warmth, thankful for his wide otter muzzle. Rikoshi, he thought smugly, wouldn't be able to get more than a quarter of the way down. Then again, Rikoshi could always just rewrite heels to be more fitting, or could write himself a stretchier muzzle or something. Hirosaki had briefly pondered attempting that himself, but he had the strong sensation that he was not in complete control of this story, or of this reality. That was all right for now, for even though his muzzle was starting to feel a little sore, he was enjoying the feel of the wolf filling it, the drips of prey on his tongue, the heat below his fingers growing as quickly as the knot just below them. The strong musk, the steady rhythm, pressure against his tongue, put him in a trance-like state. Ruff. Heels pulled his hips back. Hirosaki stared ahead for a moment, his muzzle still hanging open in a dazed pant before he shut it, running his tongue around his lips. Heels stayed arched over him, his cock bobbing just in front of the otter, now glistening in the light from the lamp. Despite all the contortions of his muzzle, his glasses had stayed on somehow, so he could clearly see another bead of fluid collect at the tip and slowly run down. He slid up his paw to catch it. "'Well,' Heels panted. He swayed his hips from side to side as the otter's paw slid up it. "'They said you were stretchy. Nice.' "'Who said?' Harasaki was pretty sure he knew, but he tried to keep his tone innocent. Heels just grinned down. Not my job to answer questions, he said. He sat on the bed next to Hirosaki and lay back, lifting his legs in the air. I think it'll be easier for you like this, hmm? His bushy white tail wagged down across the floor. Hirosaki stared over to where the wolf's sack hung a few inches above the crease that led down to his tail. Um... You want me to, uh, to... 
He looked down at his own erection, then back at the wolf's offered rear. Oh, I'm sure I'll enjoy it, Hale said, if past experience is any judge. Hirosaki turned to look along the wolf's stomach, cock lying bright against the white fur, up to the long, smiling muzzle. And my masculinity isn't in question. He cupped his sack with one paw and then let it fall over his fingers, dangling just above his crease. <laughs> How so? Hirosaki thought about the large, powerful wolf lying beneath him as the otter drove into him. He thought about it so hard that he almost missed Heels' response. Do you think I'm masculine? Idly, Heels reached up to scratch one ear, curling his arm so that his biceps swelled and rose. His legs, right next to Hirosaki, rippled with the effort of holding them up, but he didn't seem to be trembling or fatigued at all. I think, Hirosaki said after swallowing, that if someone were looking to illustrate the very concept, they could do worse than this. He gestured along the line from the wolf's legs through his cock up his chest. So I think the idea is, Heel said, resting both paws atop his chest, to see whether you think I'm less so while you're fucking me. The more Hirosaki stared at that body, at the pink erection just lying there, the more he imagined lying underneath it, imagined that shaft pressed into him. And after a few minutes of that thought, he snapped his muzzle shut, realizing he'd been panting. I don't... I don't think it makes a difference. Heels arched an eyebrow. Don't you? Well... Hirosaki cleared his throat. The, the situation is, uh... How about... He said. If we see whether I think I'm still masculine uh, the other way around. Heels grinned, lowering his legs. The fox said you'd say that. Hirosaki frowned. Which fox? But Heels was already sitting up, towering over the otter again. You stretchy at both ends? I, uh... Hirosaki looked up into the wolf's blue eyes. The heat under his fingers had been nothing compared to the heat at his own groin. He wanted nothing more than for this wolf to flip him over and take him, but he seriously worried that the wolf wouldn't fit. Maybe? He kept lube at his bedside, of course. He pointed heels to it while he lay down on his back, just as the wolf had done. I think it'll be easier this way, he said, smiling, shimming out of his boxers, while heels squirted what looked like the entire bottle out onto his paw. The wolf spread it in long, slow strokes, up and up and down and down his cock, while Hirosaki watched and bit his tongue, trying hard to keep from panting. It wasn't just the anticipation of sex. It had been a little while but also the curve of the thickly muscled body above him, the sleek white fur, the play of muscles making reflections in the fur shimmer and dance, the raw power held in check above him. There was no question about the wolf's masculinity, but there was also Hirosaki's own, still intact, if not quite as assertive as Heels. And then philosophical thoughts fled as Heels lowered his slick paw to the otter's tail. God, the wolf's fingers themselves were as big as some guys Hirosaki had had. They pressed and stroked inside him, slickened and teased, until Hirosaki couldn't restrain his squirming, thrashing so hard he thought his glasses really would fall off. Ready, he squeaked. Please. Aw, oh, sure, 
Heels planted his paws in the bed on either side of the otter, depressing the futon mattress several inches, and lowered his chest and body, the soft white shapes making Hirosaki feel as if he were flying up close to the clouds. Then Heels slid his arms under the otter, clasping him powerfully, and Hirosaki spread his legs at the pressure under his tail. Uh. He gasped as the pressure increased, but the wolf slid easily into him. Stretching, yes, but there was also a feeling of weightlessness. It wasn't until he glanced to one side that he saw that the wolf had straightened, standing upright and holding Hirosaki tight against that broad chest, letting him slide slowly down onto his shaft. It was easier this way, letting gravity do the work. Hirosaki's legs rubbed against Heels' hips, trying to find purchase. He gasped, pressing his head against the solid white chest, his nose full of the wolf's scent. Heels entered him gently for such a large wolf, lowering him gradually and pausing to allow Hirosaki time for any objections. It wasn't until the third such pause that Hirosaki tightened his knees around the wolf and panted, Enough. The wolf's voice was a deep rumble through his whole body. Okay. Heels wiggled his hips from side to side, actually sliding another inch in before his muscles tensed, and he lifted Hirosaki as easily as a paper otter, up, up, and almost all the way off. And still Hirosaki had to crane his neck back to look up at the wolf's wide, white muzzle. Good, Heels rumbled. His tongue was lolling a little, too. Hirosaki squirmed and nodded. Uh-huh. He panted. He felt alive with energy, now mostly worried that the pressure inside him, already making his legs kick and his tail thrash back and forth, would have him spurting all over the wolf's stomach before the wolf had gotten even halfway done. Heels was holding him tightly, keeping his arms pinned to his sides so that only his legs and tail were free, and the lower half of his body was held to the wolf by the large cock he was being slid up and down on. No matter how much he squirmed, the large white arms didn't give an inch, not even when he worked his webbed paws to press against the wolf's stomach below his rib cage. It was like pushing a fur-colored brick wall. Heels, meanwhile, was breathing in rhythmic huffs, his feet spread. Hirosaki couldn't see his tail, but his muzzle was lifted and his eyes appeared to be closed. His muscles tensed with every downstroke, every time he lowered the otter, every time his cock buried itself in Hirosaki's rear. The otter was relaxing as best he could, and the lube helped, but it was still a pretty tight fit, and Heels seemed to be enjoying that. Which made two of them. Hirosaki's pinned arms could get to his own trembling shaft, and the mounting pleasure of that up-and-down rhythm was singing through his muscles so much that he had to do something. He was twisting and arching and kicking as though he were a pup in a cold mountain stream, diving over snowy rocks and through clear blue pools, but the sensation of giddiness he remembered from those far-off days was focused tightly between his legs now, the slippery length of the big white wolf driving faster, harder. Hirosaki's own shaft so tight that he jerked at his own touch and his paw came away wet. The big wolf's hips worked upward, and now Hirosaki was being bounced up and down with each thrust. Heels was growling loudly in his rhythm, every note vibrating through the otter's body. When Hirosaki's head was thrown back by an upward thrust, he caught a glimpse of the underside of the wolf's muzzle, with just the barest glimpse of pink tongue sticking out. Then he was pulled hard down into the thick white chest ruff again, silver dog tags brushing his ears, and his own tongue was shivering with his moans. His left paw clutched at the white fur in front of him, while his right worked at his erection, the feeling of being suspended in the air adding considerably to his arousal. His legs kicked again, scrabbling for purchase on the hips that were pushing them up and down, but he couldn't get any solid footing. 
and he didn't mind. The wolf driving into him was solid enough, and his paw was solid, and, oh God, he was hard as a rock, even though his body was squirming like rubber, and he was making a loud kind of moaning, chirping noise, and if he thought he was close before, that was nothing. He was tingling all over, and he yelped just to let off some of the tension, but it wasn't enough. Of course it wasn't. There was only one release he could have. One release from his paw pumping up and down, and the wolf's cock burying itself under his tail, thick and so hot, and it gathered inside him and then burst all at once in a loud squeaking moan and a spray of seed into white fur, his paw still pumping, the wolf more excited now and driving him down harder and faster, and it felt like it would go on and on and on. But of course it didn't. Hirosaki twisted as hard as he could in the soft prison of white, but didn't manage to do anything more than scratch down the outside of Heels' hip. Just as he was starting to relax, it was the wolf's turn to tense, to bark out a quick rhythmic yelp of pleasure, and slam the otter down hard against him. Hirosaki clung to the wolf's chest, though there was no need. Heels didn't loosen his grip one bit as his body jerked, and he huffed out aloud, uh, 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 shuddering through all seven feet of him. He let out a long whine, arching his back, and then sat back hard onto the bed, which creaked, but held. And then, just like that, it was over. They stayed like that for another moment, or rather, heels stayed like that, and so Hirosaki was obliged to, being pinned at both ends. The wolf's head bobbed down towards Hirosaki's, and the otter thought that the way the pink tongue still stuck out of the end of his muzzle was rather adorable, all in all. That was kind of squeaky, heels rumbled. I think you were the one squeaking, Hirosaki said, with as much dignity as he could muster in the position he found himself in. Ha! Heels poked his nose down at Hirosaki's ears, grabbing one and chewing on it lightly. The otter squirmed at the touch, especially sensitive now, but he still couldn't get far away from it. Okay, Hirosaki said. So are you masculine? Heels pushed his nose into the otter's ear. Hmm? Well, you have to admit, Hirosaki said. It's more masculine to give than receive. He whined himself as Heels tugged on his ear, his paws squirming helplessly. Now you sound like ex-military, Heels said. What does masculine mean, anyway? Why is strength and power only associated with men? I don't know if this is the right time to have this discussion. The otter's hips were starting to feel a little sore. In response to his squirming, Heels lifted him easily into the air, pulling himself out of Hirosaki and setting the otter down atop him. Why not? The otter closed his eyes at the spike of pleasure that came with the wolf's shaft sliding free. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of worn out, aren't you? Heels grinned at him. Aw, you're cute. No, I'm fine. You want to sleep, squeaky boy? I'm not. Hirosaki sighed. There's nothing wrong with being feminine some of the time. You seem to enjoy it. So why does Kyle have an issue with it? Doesn't that speak more to his insecurities? Maybe. Heels put a finger to his muzzle. The question is, in the way you look at masculine and feminine... I... Hirosaki pushed his glasses back up onto his nose and slumped down onto the wolf's chest. I'll talk to him about it later. Okay. Heels stroked down the back of Hirosaki's head. You can rest for a bit. I'm just going to take five, and then I have a fox to take care of outside. Now that they weren't moving, Hirosaki could hear the impatient fidgeting of Ricky's feet against the adjoining wall. He can wait, he said. 
He gets to play with you for the rest of his life. The wolf's laugh bounced Hirosaki up and down like a carnival ride. He curled a large, warm arm over the otter. I'm sure he'll let me come visit again, if you really want. Hirosaki rubbed his knee up and down along the wolf's sheath in still slick erection. I wouldn't mind. Heels brought his knees up to squeeze the otter's hips. Frankly, he said, you seem like a good guy, to me. Very masculine. Well, the otter said, everything's relative, of course. It's a bit unfair to put me up next to you. You seem to enjoy it. Heels nosed at Hirosaki's other small ear and licked it. The otter squirmed. I didn't say it wasn't good, just that it wasn't fair. Heels chuckled again, his whole frame vibrating pleasantly under Hirosaki. I don't know that fair enters into it. He stopped licking, letting Hirosaki push his muzzle into the thick white chest ruff. He must have dozed for a little while, because when he woke, Heels was laying him gently on the bed. The wolf's sheath was just as swollen as it had been when he and Hirosaki had finished, his erection still full and heavy, but the otter felt only a brief stirring of desire. Heels grinned down and patted him on the chest. "'You rest up,' he said. The otter's rear tingled pleasantly at the memory. "'Uh-huh,' he said. "'See you around.' He lifted his head to watch the wolf walk across the room, fluffy tail swinging across the beautiful curves of his rear. He stooped to get through the doorframe and pulled the door closed, but not quickly enough to block out the squeal of delight from the other room. Hirosaka was grateful that he didn't have a fox's keen ears. Lying back in his bed, he sighed and chuckled to himself. One paw rested on his sheath, rubbing lazily. He would have to thank Kyle for this. Whatever the intended lesson and he strongly suspected the fox of exaggerating his annoyance just to provide an excuse for foisting a seven-foot-tall buff white wolf on him. It had been a pretty good night. His phone buzzed. He reached for it with the unoccupied paw and tapped the screen alive. It was a message from Kyle. Feeling any less masculine? He snorted. Slowly, he typed out. Wasn't quite fair sending him. I feel less masculine just looking at him. That's the point, Kyle wrote back. Why does masculine and feminine have to enter into it? Why can't it just be whatever feels good? Are you really that worried about it? Or did you just want an excuse to have me mounted again? Not that I'm complaining. Kyle's response took a little while to come. I know you don't get fucked that often. Thought you'd appreciate the reminder. A moment later, the rest of his message came through. That you might be less masculine, but that's not the same as being emasculated. Sex is about mutual pleasure. Should be, anyway. Hirosaki took his time composing and typing his answer, grinning. You know, I didn't say all guys squeaked emasculatingly when getting fucked. Just you. There was a bit of scuffling in the next room. His phone buzzed again. And you learned that, Kyle had typed, through what filter... Against the wall, a series of thumps sounded like the beat of a drum. The squeals of a fox accompanied each one. Hirosaki had no trouble imagining Ricky pinned against the wall, the larger wolf holding him there with little more than the force of his body, his shaft driving up under the fox's tail. As that image grew stronger in his head, the scrape of claws was added to the chorus. Ricky's squeals grew louder and more high-pitched. Hirosaki put down the phone. He stared at the wall. God damn it.
You better not leave a stain, he muttered and closed his eyes, smiling. I need to process this. <laughs> well, we, we, I do very much appreciate you being a good sport about this. And um, I hope it was enjoyable. Way to play along. And um, just as a, a little um, thank you for being a bonus, I thought uh, we would let you know that we actually had a little video camera in Hirosaki's room. And so we wanted to uh, share one of the stills from it with you. Oh, my God. Ah. Jesus. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's, that's awesome and terrible. Oh, look, and it even has today's date. <laughs> and, wait, no, it's... Uh, I think it's not quite the right all, time. You know, it's really close, actually. It's within an hour. Wow, okay. <laughs> that... That's all kinds of amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> so the lesson to be learned here is that this is why these people are my best friends, because if there's anyone else, I would kill them right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um so so what we're what we're seeing here is actually a still from earlier on in the evening when Hirosaki's sitting in the bed getting a white wolf in his muzzle. Um, it's actually a um, rendering. Oh, yeah. Why don't, why don't, actually, why don't you describe what we're seeing? Uh, okay, so uh, it's, it's a very nice picture. Um, so you sort of got me sort of sitting on the edge of this little futon bed with my cute little heart boxers and poking out through them, drizzling all over myself. And uh, I've got my timid little eyes behind my little snouty spectacles looking up as this, we've got this nice big white wolf propped up against the wall with one paw, the other one at the back of my head as I'm sort of doing a really good job showing how stretchy my front end can be. Although I'm not very clean, not, not very good at not making a mess apparently. Uh. <laughs> and your your other paws occupied also. Oh yeah, so I'm sort of wow, jeez. I'm actually noticing more details the more I stare at this because you're making me. <laughs> For the first minute or so, I couldn't bring myself to look directly at it. <laughs> it was just one of those like, oh, maybe if I don't do this, it won't be real. Uh. <laughs> Oh yeah, my, the, my little webby paws are not anywhere near big enough to be handling equipment of this size. <laughs> I am adorable, though. I like that. <laughs> and is uh, you think heels is appropriately rendered? I would say absolutely. I feel really, really short just looking at this, and I and I do feel I feel less masculine just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for the for the listener's benefit, while you're still composing yourself to... Oh, that'll take me until, like, Tuesday at this rate to compose myself. Um, while well, while you're still uh, thinking about your reaction, uh, we have actually gotten permission to post this picture on the on our FA journal, so 
the listeners will be able to see what you're looking at um, when we post up this episode. You know, just two days ago, I was talking online to one of our listeners, and they were like, I'm surprised there's no porn of you. Well, here I am. <laughs> and it's not subtle porn at all. Oh, my. That's <laughs> really all I can say. Well, that was our little... Uh that was our little surprise. I think I think all the surprises are over now. I, I, I think they you- better be. <laughs> I, uh, wow! No, seriously, I am still reeling from this. I, I'm glad that I was able to sort of play along with this. This this caught me completely off guard, and I can't remember the last time I was this embarrassed. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm also glad you had a lot of wine today because I think that helped. Oh. Yeah, I had a glass of wine here. I, I wouldn't even let myself touch it while the actual story was going on. I was just drinking water, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is really happening. Like, <laughs> especially for like the first half, when I wasn't quite sure where it was going, and I'm like, shit, Like something is going to come into this and just blow my mind and make me even more embarrassed. And then I was right. Uh, so, oh, god damn it. <laughs> This is this is why we love you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so so to answer your question, I um, I mean, I told you at the time that you were reading the last story on the air. I think I told you that first line. That was all I had written then. Well, you know what? You lived up to what you were. Uh, you lived up to that promise. Oh my god. And actually, one of the other um, amusing things is I, this has been finished for probably about a month or so. And uh, just yesterday, I, I, I completely made up the whole like pantsless Fox Day thing. But apparently yesterday, according to Twitter, it was no pants day. Yeah. And I had no idea where that came from. I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad we're hopefully going to do this story tomorrow because then... <laughs> You can't possibly think that I incorporated that just because of that. Oh, no. I I know you write, like, way faster than me, but I know you don't write that fast. You went into way too much loving detail for that to have been <laughs> the case. And um, there was something else that I think... Um, well, I'll have to... I'll have to um, thank Ricky for obsessing about boots for the last few months because that really helped solidify some of the imagery oh i don't think that anyone needs help being solid here looking at this picture <laughs> um i will say about the picture that the uh um the dog tags were the artist's idea but i really like them they add a nice touch and i they, did incorporate those into the story they afterwards. certainly do add a nice touch <laughs> he has to be wearing something <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah I want to really thank uh, Zausch, who did the art for this piece, um, because he really he did an awesome job. Yes, he did. And he's very excited to hear your reaction to it. Oh, boy. I am never, ever going to lift this down. <laughs> I will take this to the grave, remembering what this feels like right now. Ugh. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- big, big thank yous for, for Zausch. He, um, he happens to enjoy big buff wolves and little otters. And so 
the, was, the, the size difference comes across very well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was I was actually thinking, you know, you don't have any porn of you, so why not start with one of the best? You know, I actually don't even have any renderings of myself that aren't just icons. Really? Yeah. Well, until now. Now. Well, this is your first one. I look like I'm having a good time, clearly. You, you, certainly, you certainly do. And uh, I love, also love your little curly tail under there. Oh my god, I was looking at that too, and I didn't like know how to mention it like in the description of everything else going on without sounding weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? You're looking at the curl of the tail and everything else on that? You know, uh, I, I, on a fifth or twelfth look, yeah, you notice yeah. the tail. And, and you also have adorable little paws. I do. They look so, so small. <laughs> <laughs> but very good at holding the pen. And actually very kind of webby, too. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, those are definitely happy little autopods. Yes, they are. I can see my, my toes doing that thing that I'm sure they would be doing in that situation. Oh, yeah. And uh, and his look like happy big white wolf paws. Oh, I see no reason for him to be unhappy. No, he seems to be uh, smiling pretty nicely there. Ah. Uh. Can't really blame him. Um, so, <laughs> Hirosaki's just staring at the picture now, like, at a loss for words. You know, when I'm at a loss for words, I normally just stare off into space. Now I have something to stare at. I mean... Um, so we were going to go off and write some more stories tonight. You feel inspired? Oh, well, you know, I think that there's a... If you don't, you might want to go home and... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I have any plans tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, my my dear co-host, um, for not leaping up and running out of the room or leaping up and wrapping your little web paws around my scrawny fox neck. And Oh my god, this... It is a really strange experience to have been surprised with this. This came completely out of left field. <laughs> Like, when you said Unsheathed Presence number four, I was like, are you fucking with the audience? And then, like, a second later, I'm like, no, you're fucking with me. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I have to say I was a little nervous, too. But uh, especially when it turned out I printed the wrong version of the story and had to run out and pick it up. But hopefully with Tech Savvy Wolf's brilliant editing skills, you won't notice, you won't have noticed that in what you've just finished listening to. That means you spent extra loving care working on this story if you had printed out entire previous drafts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kit and I consulted on the story. and So thank you also to Kit for providing excellent feedback on my first draft and turning it into the otter flustering work that it is. In fact, this whole exercise wouldn't be possible at all if it weren't for the tech savviness of the fact that you know, I was actually given a teleprompter yes. that I didn't know was going to be there. Just suddenly, bam! Now there's words for me to read because I, I didn't, I hadn't read this story. I hadn't been handed a copy of it. I was just like, by the way, there's porn of you, lol. And uh, yeah, Kit, um, my original idea was to write out all your lines on index cards, and then Kit said, "Why don't you make it a presentation?" And uh, and I was like, "Can you do that?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's easy." So, um, so yeah, we made a little presentation out of it and color-coded it and uh, added a little bit of porn at the end. 
This was as fun as it was embarrassing. (laughs) And or possibly emasculating. (laughs) (laughs) But, so yeah, a huge thank you and uh, big smooches out to my tech-savvy wolf. And uh, Yeah, this other big wolf here is getting quite the smooch. He's getting lap smooches, I think. Yes. Loving lap nuzzles. Mm -hmm. Except my muzzle isn't reaching anywhere near his lap. No, it's it's kind of held a little bit away. Yeah. <laughs> Otter noise. Um. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, and um, I'm I'm actually going to let Hirosaki-san have the last word on this one. <sighs> well, I suppose I really can't call you a son of a bitch I mean, because I already did like twice but uh yeah but I wrote that actually you did it under your breath a couple times yeah uh, you you know if, if there had actually been like a video camera of my reaction while you were going to do this and just seeing my lines pop up as it was my turn to say them was just like ah uh, it's like it wasn't like oh I was I'm embarrassed by the surprise it was a fresh embarrassment the whole time through um I have, I have to say too that I had to work hard not to look at you for like the last half of the story because I could kind of see you shaken in response to when the lines would come up, like when you'd see what you'd have to say next. And some of the time you, I, I could feel you going, Oh my God. And I'm like, <laughs> if I look at him, I'm not going to be able to read the narration. So, Oh no, you, you, uh, you did a very good job. And on behalf of, uh, I think that the, the listeners will get a kick out of this. So well done. I hope so. I hope they do too, for my sake. <laughs> Well, I'm Kyle Gold. And I am uh, Cam Hirasaki, duly put in my place. <laughs>